Hi, and welcome to The Fit, the fashion, innovation, and technology podcast hosted by eFitter, personalizing the shopping experience for you. My name's Judith. And I'm Elizabeth. And on The Fit, we delve into the complex world of fashion and tech with insights from industry players, old and new, and much, much more. Join us every other Monday for a new episode you do not want to miss. To join the tribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eFitter app, and join the conversation using the hashtag TheFitPod. Today we're discussing Black Friday and the pandemic and whether it's possible to be sustainable during the sales season. Since we're still in lockdown 2.0, Black Friday isn't quite like previous years. Physical footfall in the UK was down around 58% by 3pm and 82.9% in London. However, online retailers are likely to see record online sales. John Lewis have already announced that they shipped 67% more products in the Black Friday period last year. But with the stores in England recorded zero in-store sales, will it really be enough? What are your thoughts? I'm not actually sure. I mean, obviously, this Black Friday is probably going to be the biggest online retail day ever for many brands. But I'm not sure it's going to be as big as people think it's going to be. And I think we kind of saw a glimpse of that during like Amazon Prime um, Prime Day. So this Prime Day wasn't the biggest ever. And, and like all the conditions were set up for it to be the biggest ever. And it didn't happen. So it might just be that consumers are a little bit more conscious about why, what they're buying. It might be that they've had more time to just sit at home and think. It might be that because of all the purchases that happened at the start of like lockdown, maybe they don't want or need as much. Um, but I just, I don't think that retailers, because of a big Black Friday, it's going to be enough for them to be like, yeah, we've had a successful year. Honestly, it came a bit of a, a shock to me that Amazon Prime didn't do as well. I think the sentiment is, is that everyone's online, right? Everyone's at home, so surely it should it should do as well but like you said I think we have been forced to be at home or really look at our environment and think about do I really need another of this or do I really need this so I think maybe that's narrated into why so many people haven't shopped online as expected um, but I think we also have to take into account the idea that there are no retail stores open at the moment like so there is a huge chunk for most brands of sales that they are missing out on um, and I don't think Black Friday alone is able to um, overshadow that. Yeah, I think I read that, um, so Barclay card, in the UK, roughly a third of purchases happen by a Barclay card. And yeah. that around two thirds of them happen in store. So I'm not saying it's going to be like a like for like, but imagine losing two, two thirds of your revenue on the biggest day of the year. Like that's it's a that's huge crazy. loss. Yeah, it's chunky. In a year where companies' dubious labour practices have been brought to light, Amazon union workers around Europe have protested on one of their busiest days of the year. That's not all Amazon had to deal with. In France, there have been protests against Amazon's environmental impact and its promotion of consumerism. Amazon delivers around 10 billion packages a year and have pledged to be carbon neutral by 2040. This kind of feeds into what we were just saying. Like Maybe there is another aspect where people are just more aware of what is happening in Amazon in terms of their labour practices because it's been so loud this year so maybe they're just less likely to shop there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the conversations on Twitter and social media regarding like Jeff Bezos and how in the lockdown where people were losing jobs and things, he was richer by billions. Um, and so yeah, there is definitely the age of the more conscious consumer where you know you have access to more information regarding the people that own the companies the working conditions that they're you know supporting i mean amazon have been in the headlines for poor working conditions for years now 
And it's gotten to the point where it's clear that Bezos only really cares about the bottom line versus employee um, benefits. So maybe that's that has translated into whether people buy from them or not. Maybe it hasn't. I just think there, there are a lot of factors to consider. We are in a pandemic on top of everything else. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm more you know, interested in their pledge to be carbon neutral by 2040. Um, that one is quite, quite ambitious. Carbon neutral is a It means scam. nothing. Yeah. I think the, the key word is neutral. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, okay, so the definition, you're, they're saying that they're going to offset their carbon emissions. That's what carbon neutral means. However, a lot of these businesses, what they end up doing is not doing anything to reduce their emissions and then planting a tree or something. Like, hun, hun, is that really? Trees are great and everything, but they're not going to solve the problem of the earth heating up. You know, like that, that is not the standalone solution to the problem. The problem is people, well, companies are emitting too much energy. How can you rein that in? But by creating this carbon neutral scam, it basically shifts the responsibility because they can afford to do stuff like plant the tree every time someone makes a purchase. But is it really making an impact, a positive impact on the planet overall? Is it really? Ugh. I'm just... <laughs> Clearly you're very passionate about it. <laughs> over all of these stupid greenwashing phrases that mean absolutely nothing. I'm over it, you know? Yeah. It's frustrating because obviously this is a consumer-facing term. So people are now aware of the term carbon neutral, even if they don't understand the ins and outs of what it means. So now people, it kind of shifts the responsibility on the consumer to be like, oh, make sure that the brand that you're shopping with is carbon neutral without fully understanding what it means and also without making a difference to their production practices. It's just very frustrating it's very cheeky i think for brands to even come up with a term called the carbon neutral it's just another way for them to save the skin off their backs um like you said it does nothing one and two it kind of makes the consumer feel like they also need to be offset where they can you know if it's i don't know buying biodegradable cups this is great but let's look at this on a wider scale if these brands actually cut their production um, processes in half if they actually looked at ways to cut down the damage they've done to the environment, you wouldn't have to think about biodegradable jumpers. That yeah. wouldn't be a thing. So which yeah. production from like plastic heavy stuff to environmental friendly stuff, then you wouldn't have to think about it because it would be the norm. So I have a question, Blaggy, did you shop this Black Friday? I did. I bought a watch, so I mentioned I bought a watch from um Pate London, which is a watch company that um, is also, it's a social enterprise, so for every watch you buy, it contributes to the education of a child in an African country, which I love. It's honestly, the watch that I bought has been on my mind for about two years. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't buy it in the past, because they, they do come up with offers every so often, and they land in my inbox, but I don't know, the conditions were never quite right. But I was just like, you know what, enough is enough, I'm just going to get this watch, because I deserve, and you know, why not? Um, so yeah, I got that. And I also, a couple of days before Black Friday, um, I bought some pole stuff as well. Pole is very Ooh. expensive. Pole kit is very expensive, very expensive. So I saw this kit and I was just like, oh my gosh. 
I've been wanting something like this. It's like all gold and shimmery and it's like, I can perform in this. Um, and it was discounted. So I was like, yes, why not? You know, I need it. It's on my list. And I think that's it. How about you? The thing is with me and Black Friday sales, they always just go right over my head. So I, they come around and I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's Black Friday. Let me see what I can get. So it's never like I plan to spend. So this year, now that I've like been more conscious with what I've bought and where I've shopped, I did have a couple of things on my wish list that were reduced, but they weren't reduced enough for me to want to spend that much. And I'm really proud of myself, I'll be very honest, because old me would have been like, you know, just drop it in the basket. It's on, it's on sale. But no, I was like, no, I don't, I don't need it. Like I genuinely don't. I was very close to like at checkout and I was like, nah, sold out right after. Day. I was like okay fair enough um, but yeah I, I just yeah I really haven't I think the urgency makes me panic a bit and then I want to be sure that I really want it and then by the time I, I'm like okay I think I want it it's already sold out so I'm like clearly it wasn't meant to be um I, I think it actually leads, on, leads into the whole idea of like sales and seasons right this whole urgency and the deadline they give consumers makes them feel like I didn't want to spend, I didn't even want this item, but because it's running out by like Monday, I have to get it. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's mad. Like prior to this Black Friday, I've only ever bought one item during Black Friday ever. And it was a laptop for my mom, which I knew I was going to buy. And obviously it's an electronic, so they tend to be quite heavily discounted. Yeah. And I think this Black Friday was actually the first time that I had that feeling of like urgency. Um, I didn't, obviously I only bought the two things that I was going to buy anyway, but I was definitely tempted to buy other things. And I think it was because, you know, we've been talking about Black Friday a lot. And for me pers personally, I've just always ignored it. Like, I, I'm not a big shopper, as you know, so sales don't really do much for me. And I've always seen it as you're spending money that you weren't going to spend anyway. So are you really saving? Um, <clears throat> but this year, just all of the talk about Black Friday, the fact that with ETH, it's always so um, in touch with what's happening in the retail world, it made me really think about it. And it made me really engage with it in a way that I never normally would. So there were a few things, um, I can't even think of what off the top of my head, but there were a few things where I saw them on sale and I added them to my basket. And I was like, oh my God, like this is on sale. Do I need this thing? But because I'm such a considered um, buyer it was similar to you where it was in my basket and I was like okay now I'm going to evaluate whether I need it or not and obviously I didn't for like pretty much all of them but it still kind of gave me that feeling of anxiety where I was like oh my god like this is one day only I need to buy this thing now you know and I was like this is really unhealthy like the fact that this one day where okay so some companies only go on sale on Black Friday granted yeah if you really wanted it, you'd buy it at full price anyway, you know? This is this is the thing. And I, like, it was it was crazy yesterday. Well, it's yesterday for us because it was Black Friday was yesterday. But watching everyone just scramble for things. And I'm like, if it wasn't in your basket in the first place, if it wasn't in your wish list in the first place, I promise you, you don't want the item. And it's a really hard thing, I think, I think with the deadline put on top of, you know, 50% off. You feel the pressure, whether you had it on Thursday or not, you feel the pressure on the Friday leading up to the Monday, like, do I really want this item? And then when it goes out of stock, it's just this feeling of, ah, oh, for an item you never even wanted in the first place, which is crazy. But it also leads me into this like marketing tactic that a lot of these brands have done this Black Friday. I mean, the psychology behind pricing, 
whether it's a discount or not, um, is so interesting. There's this thing called um, charm pricing, where, for example, a cheeseburger is 99 pence for a reason and not one pound. Or um, a jumper is £9.99 for a reason and not £10. It's just this idea of you feel like you've saved one P and it's not, you know, the whole amount. So you feel like you're better off when in fact you just made the brand £9.99 richer or £99p richer. It's, it's a crazy strategy. And we also have to remember like this idea of the percentages. There is a huge, huge conversation around a particular brand, which we're going to talk about later. But when they give you a percentage instead of an actual figure, pound value of the discount, it's a psychology as well. So if it's, if it's 25% of a £20 jumper, you think, oh, that's, that's quite a lot. When you see it as £5 off a £20 jumper, then you're just like, hmm, you know? <laughs> so when you know all this and when you see all this and then you see how people are responding to percentages instead of like pound values, you're just like, this is crazy. This is a marketing tactic in itself. Um, and we also have to remember that brands have been planning Black Friday for months. This has been part of their marketing calendar. They already knew they were going to take off 50%, 60% off. And some brands, which we know of, have it in their business model regardless. They're always on sale. Um, so it's so interesting to just see how people responded to Black Friday this year, I think. But the pricing aspect is definitely what has interested me the most. It's so funny that you mentioned this. So um, in my old place of work, we basically did a lot of testing in terms of discounts. Um, so pound versus percentage, because it was, you know, the model to see what people are more likely to share. And the majority of the time, what I saw was the percentage of work up into a certain amount. So maybe up until like, I don't know, hundred pounds or something. And then above that, it was the pound off with a minimum spend which is why you see with fast fashion brands, they tend to go percentage off. But then when the brand, brand like Farfetch, they may say, oh, here's a hundred pounds off your 400 pounds purchase. Mm. So it's so interesting to see that even when you're in a different spending bracket, they get you because it may well be that for luxury shoppers, a percentage off feels like it's taking the luxury or taking the you know, high-endness off the product, which is why they respond more to the pound off. But also... I saw this really interesting um, tweet yesterday from which, so the consumer brand, consumer guide people, you know, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Um, and it says that they investigated Black Friday deals and they found that 85% of Black Friday deals were duds. So. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a thing for, for so long though. Like, however, I remember a few years ago, like, I mean, I could be wrong. I feel like, I feel like I'm right on this, but I'm pretty sure it's illegal to raise the price of a product and then yep. reduce the sale and so on. So I remember Black Friday, maybe about five years ago, it was a big scandal that a lot of our favorite fast fashion brands were doing that. Yeah. And that seems to be the norm to just inflate and then cut the prices. So it seems like, okay, no one really cares. No one's really regulating this anymore. There are fast fashion brands that exist always on discount. And I'm like Boohoo, everyone that's under Boohoo, they're always on sale. Karen Millen, Coast, um, Nasty Gal, they're always on sale. So this idea of, you know, it being a marketing tactic or they bumped up the price, I think they already factored in the discount into the price of their products in the first place because no company is always on sale and making a profit it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense on a long-term basis um 
but it's part of their branding. Like you said, the divide between fast fashion and high-end fashion is greater perceived discounts lead to more conversion, right? So they are not only interested in, you know, getting visitors on their sites, but they also want them to convert them into sales. Um, and I think using the percentage method, it worked. It'll, I'll be very honest with you, it worked. People woke up feeling FOMO. Who wakes up feeling FOMO because they didn't get to spend money? How mad that is. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give it to them. It's genius. It's insane. Bamboozled us. <laughs> what the hell? Genuinely. Genuinely. I did not see it coming, but it makes sense. And I, I mean, like I said, it's, it sells as part of their business models. Most of these fast fashion, they are solely online. They know their market. They know Gen Z's. They know roughly the millennials. Um, I never really know who millennials are anymore, but anyway. Gen Z to millennials, they know them pretty well. And I think the attractiveness of everything always being on sale means that they don't really have to, oh, they won't really look like they are raising prices and dropping them because they were always on sale. In other fashion business news, brands have been protesting Black Friday for as long as it has been around. But this year, a cohort of brands are raising awareness of the climate crisis with anti-Black Friday campaigns. These brands include GifGaf, Patagonia, Allbirds, and skincare fave Desiem, who shut down all physical and e-commerce stores for the day. So this is actually the second year that Desiem have done this. So last mm. year they did something, and I find it so funny because they're basically saying, screw you guys and your fake holidays. We would rather forego a whole day of revenue just to protest this, which I personally, I'm so, this is why Desiem are my faves. Like, I love that. <laughs> I, love I love it. The rebellious spirit, I'm here for it. I think it's great. I think considering it's actually not the first year they've done it means that they clearly know that it's been effective before and it's something that they want to keep doing and it's a point they want to make. And I love it. I just, I don't know, I feel like as a business though, it's a huge, huge opportunity cost. Like you are missing out on sales. Even if they don't have like major discounts or any discounts at all, you could have just, I don't know, you still could have left the store open and business as usual, but I'm not giving you any discount. They do have a discount. Um, I think it's for the whole of November. So okay. it's funny because it's like, you guys are kind of slapping the face of this <laughs> of this promotional gimmick and yet you're kind of falling into it. But yeah, then it was a whole other... <laughs> yeah. I knew there was a catch. Yeah, of course, because they're a business, like you said. So it's a question of whether, you know, I think like I said, that one day boycott, the Black Friday boycott for me is not, um, it's just like a, a a point of rebellion for me. It's like, yeah. we're saying we don't need to do this. We're trying to wait, raise awareness of the hyper consumerism because like we've said in our um, previous topic, a lot of it is psychological. A lot of people will go to these websites on Black Friday because it's Black Friday. So even if they've got this sale on throughout the whole month, there are going to be people who are looking for the deal specifically on Black Friday. So I guess in that sense, they are kind of, um, from a business perspective, shooting themselves in the foot, but, you know, making a point. Yeah, um, now that you mentioned that they have sales for the whole of the month, bar that one day, it, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but I don't... Like, I, I feel like there's a line that has to be drawn where it's performatism and it actually makes a point. I think it's great. I think more brands should do it. Um, but if you are offering discounts for the rest of the month, I um, <laughs> it's a Black Friday month, not a day, you know? So that's the way yeah. I see it. But it's, it's a first step. It's a first step. Hmm. And at least it gets people talking, I guess. 
exactly. Good press, never bad. The other thing that was interesting to me about all of those brands is, um, I'm not sure if you saw their campaign specifically, but all of them were doing it for an environmental reason. And for ones like Patagonia and Allbirds, it's not really a surprise because that's kind of their thing. But Gift Gaff for me was really interesting because what they did was they partnered with the Lad Bible and they have what is called the Check Your Drawers initiative, which is where you, you basically go through and see if you've got any old phones. And the purpose is to encourage um, phone recycling. And I was like, okay, this is actually adding me because I don't know about you, but I'm thinking I really, I actually do have a couple of old phones that are just chilling there and there's no reason for them to be there, you know? <laughs> this is the thing where brands can see where they may be able to encourage their consumers to be more responsible. That's great. We can hand in all the phones we want, but I'd be more interested to know as a company what they are doing to do their bit for the environment. This is the thing about, you know, making the campaign all about what the consumer's doing, but it should really be about what they're doing as well to encourage us to do more kind of thing. Um, but no, it's a great campaign, I'll, I'll give them that. Because um, like you said, a lot of us have gadgets that just broke and we never did anything with it. It's just in our houses, it's, we've moved on to the next latest thing. Probably the most controversial thing to happen this Black Friday, Pretty Little Thing launched a 99% sale selling items for as little as 6p. <sighs> Presumably, this sale has been built into their profit model, which raises concerns for the brand's already dubious labour practices. We're sure you remember the Boohoo factory worker scandal earlier this year. There are also concerns that sales like these promote damaging environmental practices. 6p, Bleggy, 6p. You know what? The first thing I saw was a screenshot of, uh, I think it was like a a racerback top or something for 8p. And I was like, this has got to be a typo. This cannot be real. Like, you believe that this is real. But this is real. Yeah, 6p. I, I think it's actually, it's deplorable. I think um, there is no, there are no two ways about it. There is um, absolutely no way in hell that any brand should be selling clothing for pennies because who the hell made these clothes and for how much? How are you selling, even if you're trying to clear stock, how how is this okay how is this possible because you're still having to pay for shipping pay for packaging like assuming you're just trying to get rid of dead stock i would think that the cost of shifting that would be higher than the pennies that you're selling this item for but so what if it's not that's that's the problem what if it's actually not what if because the thing is we don't have an insight into their business model like on paper so we can't actually tell people they're making a profit but if they are this is abhorrent. The only way it makes sense to me if they're making a profit is if they paid everyone like below 5p per item. And if you think about it, it kind of is possible because everything's done in bulk, nothing's done per item. It's a huge, huge company, huge, huge company. So I'm just, I'm honestly at a loss. And then it was very disappointing, I think, to see the shift that people had. Like early in the year, they were under this modern slavery investigation. It was boycott boohoo. It was trending everywhere um, to a point where Uma Kamani had to come out and be like, you know, this isn't the truth. And, you know, we're, I'm going to tell our story soon, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. But 99% off doesn't make you look any less guilty. What was so funny to me, I guess the moment that made me think, oh, wow, maybe a 
drastic change in people's buying habits isn't going to happen anytime soon was I saw this in the morning and most of the commentary that I saw around this was outrage. Like, how are you selling items for 8p? How is this possible? Oh my God, and whatever. By afternoon, now I don't know, I have a theory about this. I'm obvious, I, I'm not on the inside, so I have no idea how planned this was. But you know, PLT, I think it was the first brand to do this, but they tweeted and they said, if we get 10,000 retweets, everyone, we're gonna give away 10 lots of a thousand pounds. Yep. And that's how it began. And then for the rest of the day, <laughs> you know what? I can't hate it because it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year. It took everything in me not to start tweeting too, you know. It was very wild to me because, I mean, not on the consumer side, but on their side, I was yeah. like, oh, is this, is this damage control? Did your PR tell you to do this or was this planned? Because, okay, yeah, maybe the 10, um, lots of 1,000 pounds was already planned for Black Friday. But there were so many other ones. There was like the 500 pound giveaways and ASOS jumped in. Like it just mm-hmm. seemed, I was like, this feels like we're trying to deflect attention right now because mm. this morning was outraged and now all of a sudden they're tweeting PLT, PLT is a top trending topic. And it's, it was very, very mad to me how quickly consumer sentiment changed in a matter of hours. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I try not to knock consumers too much because a lot of us have been through it financially this year. Some people have lost jobs. So the 99% off sale on its own was like Christmas, their birthday and Easter all in one. It is good for some people, you know, to be able to afford certain things. But I feel like it just opened the door for greed because someone literally tweeted, like someone tweeted she bought £600 worth of items for about was it i don't want to quote don't quote me on it but about 10 pounds or less huh and I said, how? yeah in one sitting so i'm like how can one person need 600 pound worth of items no that's wow <laughs> because I, I i guarantee you i guarantee you all of those items were not in your basket before friday 600 is insane but I do, I do feel like, I'd like to think that this was a planned marketing tactic, the discount. I'd like to think the 10,000 yeah, 10, giveaway was also a marketing tactic because the whole TL, the whole of the internet was talking about Pretty Little Thing. And then ASOS, I think they just wanted in. Yeah, they wanted yeah. in. <laughs> ASOS are always jumping on the wagon. They wanted in. They said, nah, I'm not getting left behind. Um, to give these giveaways and I, I, I'm not going to knock people for wanting to try like get your get your K get your brand I would too but I just feel like there is a bigger conversation to be had regarding the exploitative marketing tactics they use mm-hmm. to kind of disguise their action or inaction for um, a more eco-friendly or ethical production process and it's not okay it's, it's yeah. severely, like, really, really bad. For those that are unaware, like, the modern slavery investigation was a serious one. And it wasn't in, I don't know, another part of the world where this investigation was happening. It was happening here in the UK, in Leicester. They were being paid below minimum wage. So at what point do we actually say, you know what, I'm going to hold my £3.42 worth of £600 items. I'm not going to buy them because this, this can't go on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's less a, it is less a commentary on consumer behaviour because, I mean, consumer behaviour will continue to fascinate me. It really does blow my mind. Every it's, time. Yeah, 
it's almost hilarious to see the shift but this is always going to be a point of criticism in these marketing teams because like you said it feels exploitative how you know there are going to be people out there who take the fact that they're selling items for pennies very personally because they may know like to be paid minimum wage for a job that demands a lot more so they're outraged and then the flip side of that is like you said you're seeing an out you're seeing a win in you know, winning a thousand pounds or something or whatever it is, a thousand pounds you did not have before, a thousand pounds that is a substantial amount of money for someone on minimum wage, for example. Like for me, that is just, it's manipulative. Um, on the giveaways, um, I asked the question whether they were giving away store credit or whether they were giving away cash, because I think that that does make a difference. It does, um, yeah. Because if they were giving away store credit, then again, you're further encouraging you know, just useless consumption. But then I saw people who were tweeting saying stuff like, I mean, the tweets got a bit wild and, you know, fictional at some point. But there were people who were tweeting stuff like, um, you know, they needed rent money. Well, that okay, you know, this is actually, this is money. If it's money, then I'm, there's no way I'm going to knock the giveaway. But that when there are giveaways where they're offering like a thousand pounds to spend at PLT and you're offering pennies, how many items is that, you know? Are you going to really fill your house with PLT clothing? Or This is what I'm saying. And this is another problem that I, I kind of realised after the fact is if before the giveaway they had 99% off, that's basically zero right Mm -hmm. and you can buy let's say the person that bought 600 pound worth of items that's a lot of clothes that's at least 50 60 clothes at least even more Mm -hmm. and if you're getting that are you telling me that every single item is going to fit you perfectly or every Mm -hmm. single item is going to you know do what it said it was going to do on the tin i doubt that are you now going to return a 20p item i wouldn't it's 20p so what happens Mm -hmm. to these clothes are you keeping it in the back of your wardrobe or are you chucking them? It's basically rubbish at that point. So it's this idea that they're, you know, championing that, oh, I've given you like almost 100% off, great. But if it's your dead stock, it becomes someone else's dead stock. You can't shift that, that huge, huge amount of clothes and expect it to be, oh, we're doing good out of our hearts. It's, it's, there's no good there. For those mm-hmm. that, you know, needed to save money and needed to spend because of, you know, their financial situation, I get it. But for those that really spent, it, it's, not a, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. And I, I don't think, obviously, they don't care. Pretty often do not care um, about the environment or things like that, because that doesn't make sense. And I know they have like sustainability initiatives, and I'm using quotation marks right now because it literally is that, sustainability initiative. Um, so when I think about this in the long run, I'm like, if I bought items that were worth three pounds, and seven of them didn't fit, they're going in the bin. Well, I give them out to people or charity. Like, you can't shift it onto consumers anymore because now you've literally given them the incentive to buy, 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 and you know the items, whether or not they were 20p or 20 pounds, they're not quality, they're not long lasting. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how um, I feel about that. But great marketing, I give them out. We've spoken about um, a very extreme example of what Black Friday can do from an environmental perspective, not to mention that the majority of PLT's clothes are made of plastic. Let's just be 100% real. So that stuff's not going anywhere for a few hundred years. However, do you think it's possible for a company that you know, has genuine aims to 
um, improve their manufacturing practices or their worker practices or they have an ethical aim or they try to be sustainable, any of those things. Do you think it's possible for those brands to execute Black Friday and have it fit into their longer term sustainability aims? Yes and no. I think it would require a shift in conversation. It would require them to look at Black Friday differently, not as a way to make more money or exploitative amounts of money, but as a way to encourage consumers to do their bit and to show them how they're doing their bit this Black Friday. I mean, it's very easy. We've seen brands like Giftgaff encouraging consumers to do their bit. If BRT had given a discount and said, give us the clothes that you know you don't want anymore in exchange for these items i don't think anyone would have been like that's crazy 99 percent off because if you give me 99 percent off for giving you back clothes that's fine i can i can hack that you know so i think it requires a shift of conversation one but i think yes i think brands can be a bit more innovative with how they approach black friday if i was a brand i would literally say hi happy black friday check your basket or check your wish list and then you'll see them discounted. I wouldn't give you discount on the whole site because you didn't want the items in the first place. There are ways around it, is my point. There are ways around this huge, huge holiday that every year is used as a measure of, you know, consumer sentiment in retail. So it's a huge day. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to take away from that. But I think it's important for brands to rethink how they do Black Friday and how they think of it. I think it's worth noting that, um, so Black Friday, first and foremost, is an American thing. So I think it came in America over 15 years ago as in like a big buying holiday. But 15 years ago, our big spending holiday was Boxing Day and it still kind of is. So what will be interesting for me to see is, um, well, first of all, we don't know the, um, how brands have performed during this Black Friday period yet because we haven't even hit Cyber Monday yet. But it'll be interesting to see whether that performance is reflected in their um, campaigns during Boxing Day. Because I know that there were some brands in the last couple of years where they encouraged you to either return or recycle an item that you may have received for Christmas that you really didn't want or you're never going to wear. Which, I mean, you know, morally, how do we feel? But whatever. But at least they're doing <laughs> But at least they're doing their bit for the environment in that sense because they're encouraging people to recycle or at least consider getting rid of something that they're never going to use. So in that sense, maybe it is possible to kind of incorporate the two. Black Friday is really just a sale. I mean, yeah. it's a sale on steroids, but it is just a sale. So who are we to say that a brand that um, is genuinely concerned with doing its bit for the planet, they have slow manufacturing processes and so on, cannot build in one sale a year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think the day itself is what's bad. I think it's the culture surrounding the day that consumers have been become accustomed to. And honestly, the only way I can really blame anyone would be fast fashion because you already have discounts throughout the year. Why are you making this day the one where it's like, take it now or you're going to miss out and give this pressure, put this pressure on consumers to spend when they didn't want to. That's my problem, it's, it's the culture surrounding it. Boxing Day sales, they go past my head. All the other sales, Easter, Christmas, it's like, oh, great. But it's always Black Friday. And I think we need to look deeper into that one. Mm. Marketing of these fake holidays is so interesting to me. Like, I mean, obviously we have that Friday Boxing Day, China, they have Singles Day, which I'm just like- It's so fascinating. 
invented a holiday. <laughs> it's so fascinating. So, will Black Friday ever die? I think for as long as we live in this hyper-consumerist culture, which really does not look like it's going to change in our lifetime, I think Black Friday will continue to be a thing. I think, um, as we've mentioned with the manufactured holidays, there's always going to be something bigger and better. I can imagine that in the next five years, Singles Day is going to come to the UK and it's going to be the next big thing. I'm honestly exhausted and I didn't spend anything yesterday. Um, for me, I think no. I think demand will have to first. Overconsumption would have to die first for Black Friday to die. And the world that we live in with Amazon and fast fashion and you know everything at the click of your fingers and discounts here and there on top of um, fast results, I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. I don't know what it would take because I, I really thought the pandemic would you know, shake things up a bit and here we are. So <laughs> I don't think Black Friday will die as long as consumers are spending how they're spending. Yeah, and even so, I mean, we're always going to be looking for a deal, right? Yeah. And even in the most innocent sense, a brand is going to be able to exploit the fact that we're always looking for a deal. So why would they? Why would they end Black Friday? It's a capitalist society that we live in. So um, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Fit. For more updates, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eFitterApp or follow us with the hashtag TheFitPod. Don't forget to like us, rate us, comment, engage however you listen to your podcasts. It's really important for us so that we can get the word out there. See you soon. Bye.